We're back! Time is inching forward. Wow, I'm gonna do that again because I already screwed up. <laughs> I have not had to do that in so long! Oh wow, just when I was thinking I might be ready to try like, my hand at live radio if anybody in Japan's ever spoken English. Anyway. <clears throat> Player 2 Pixelcast episode 98. My name is Tim Henderson. I am back from the trip that kept me away from the last episode, which was quite ironically to Australia. I literally had no free time except for two hours where I tried unsuccessfully to try and talk James Winbanks into coming back on the show again. Um, thankfully, however, you know, we have other people who are willing to come on, even at the last minute. Isn't that right, Steve? It is. I'm, a, I'm, you know, that's. I think that's my usual trick. Uh, I jump on at the last minute. Yeah, I mean, and I, on your phone, which is actually what I had to do at my hotel, which didn't have strong enough internet to like stream anything properly, <laughs> despite being a central city, uh, supposed to be decent thing. So yeah, Australian mobile internet apparently quite good. Regular internet sucks balls. And. No, I'm not going to even try and walk that into a segue. Ken, you're here as well. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what your segue was going to be, but, you know, it was a terrible job all around, so... Thank you, thank you, I did my best. <laughs> I don't think anyone wanted to try to tag off of Sucks Balls, sorry. I, I would give myself credit for not trying, frankly. <laughs> I mean, please have whatever little credit there is. <laughs> mm. We're off to a great start. Wow, this is this is this is why this is the last regular episode of the year before yeah, before yeah. things kind of get like grimy and evil. Um, <laughs> closer to Christmas. Yeah, that big red bastard swings his huge sack at all of us. Just there we go, full of rusty razor blades. Um, yeah, so this is the last regular. Because cost which means night, which means like yeah, the sinister Santa is actually going to take episode ninety nine. Like he got damn close to getting our century. Um, so with that in mind, we're just going to be looking back at the year in gaming that was twenty twenty two. I believe we did this last year in twenty twenty one, and I think last year we said it was a pretty weird year. And I have a feeling we may come to the conclusion this was even more of a pretty weird year. But you know, before that, um, there are games that we've been playing and stuff, and apparently we've all been playing them, even if they are you know on our phones or other smart devices. Ken, you've, you've, you've like, kind of gone into this Marvel thing that everybody's apparently in love with. Yeah, um, Marvel Snap I've been playing, um, a little bit of. Fucking Snap! Um, like, I know it's not Snap, but Snap was, like, the definitive boring card game when I was a kid. Yeah, it's it's a very weird name, because, you know, it's a very weird name, because there's very little anything to do with Snap. Like, there is no nothing to do with Snap, the other, the original Snap game. Hmm. It is a deck builder. It's a uh, very similar to um, Hearthstone. Um, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, it's that type of game where, you know, every turn you have a point. You, have a, you gain a point of energy, which you then spend to uh, put cards out into the play area. And every card that you play has some type of effect. Um, you would also put those cards in sort of three designated areas on the board. Uh, so 
if you're familiar with a deck builder, if you're familiar with games like Hearthstone, and uh, it, it's very much like that. I think why people have found the game um, isn't it by former Hearthstone, Hearthstone um, development talent. <laughs> More than likely, I, I think the pool of of developers who have a genuine keen interest in this type of game is not particularly large. Um, but I think where why people are gravitating towards this game is because one, it's it's the the, the it's a free to play game, but the monetization route seems to be fairly generous with people who just want to jump in and play. Um, there isn't a lot that is locked behind a paywall, uh, which is pleasantly surprising and. Pleasant, you know, and just pleasantly pleasant. Isn't that great um, that like this is the bar that you have to clear. Like this is all you have to do to stand out. Yeah, well, th- I mean, that's one. I mean, that that just makes sort of the entry, the bar, the the entry, uh, really low and really easy to get into because you don't have to spend too much. Uh, you don't have to spend anything at all just to get into it, and the game rewards you with n- enough stuff to keep you there, which is which is good. I mean, a low barrier to entry is is always a good thing with this type of game. Um, two, I think the game itself is a much more streamlined, much more uh, navigate nav- navigable. Um, I guess that's the um, word. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, navigatable. Like, don't actually know. Navigatable. I don't know. Look, it's just much more uh, streamlined, much, much more sort of uh, cut down in terms of um, card choices and, and the number of things that you have to think up, think about, and in terms of building your deck, it's a much smaller deck, which means you don't have to spend. There's there's enough room for. Uh, uh, enough room for creative um, construction of decks, but not so o- not so much that you're overwhelmed by choice. So I um, have to like ask about like like building these decks because like I like I haven't actually played. I just know that everybody on Twitter, which is a site that is somehow still running, was going mad yeah. about this about a month ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, but like there are only like I know there's like just a shit ton of Marvel characters, but there surely cannot be enough to be building multiple decks of different people like. Oh, you would uh, be surprised. Oh, there are a lot of characters. There's just all the randoms, all the minor characters, all the B-grade, C-grade, D-grade characters who have made just random appearances in comic books like 40, 40 years ago. They all come back in this. Um, yeah, you'll be surprised at the number of characters that there are... Uh, um, so there's no just, like, game. random citizen who was saved by Spider-Man that one time, or...? No, but but also, they don't actually make a distinction between, say, good and bad characters. So huh. it's not like you're playing... You're not like you're, it's not like you're playing heroes versus villains. It's all characters uh, uh, can be added to your, to, your, to your deck. And it's more about their abilities and the abilities that combo into other abilities that you might want to then sort of chain together. So I, I don't know how much more, how, how else to describe this, but it's it's a very tightly, tightly designed game, very, very streamlined, easy to get into. Every sort of match runs maybe three, 
three minutes, maybe four, no more than that. So it's very easy to pick up and play. Uh, I've heard it is very snappy, <laughs> if you will. But like in all honesty, where where does this, like I've heard people say you snap in this game, and I still don't know exactly what that means. Yeah, so uh, Thanos, it, I'd imagine. No, so is that every what it's time. Related to? Uh, the, the, yeah, the, the, well, the, the snap terminology comes from the MCU movies of, of um, Infinity War. Thanos, where there's uh, Infinity Gauntlet, yeah. And, and Infinity Gauntlet, and he snaps the world and, and destroys everything by half, kills everyone by half. Um, within this game, you, when you join a match against an opponent, you wager at X number of points. Um, and that, when if you win, you win that number of points and if you know conversely if the opponent wins they win that number of points off you so you you actually you actually you know minus from your score and the points that you gain is part of your level um you know you the more you play the more you level up and every time you level up you unlock new stuff but when you lose you can actually lose levels and and that's what you're wagering the snap component only comes in cuz you double um the potential uh payout in terms of points, um, when you're playing against the opponent, so it's like uh, when you start a game, uh, everybody puts in sort of one token each, one one point of of, of one bet, one point of whatever <laughs> it's called, one one stake, one one point of stake, and you could potentially gain two, and the, the opponent could potentially lose two. You, if you decide at some point over the over the rounds that you're fairly confident uh, that you can win the round, you might want to click the snap element, and now you potentially win four points. Or conversely, you know you also set yourself up to to, to um, potentially lose four points of of your level. Um, and the opponent can then snap again and double that again. So, you know, like within a game that lasts six rounds, you only ever play, you only ever play six rounds in a game. The first round, you get one energy point and you cast, you can, you can use it to cast and, and play cards that cost one energy. Um, the next round, you get two points of energy, three points of energy in the third round. Points do not carry over from one round to the other. So if you don't use it, that's just gone. It's just gone. Um, so you want to be able to create your deck in a way that you can maximize your points every round. Um, and really, by and you only play six rounds. Mm. Um, and so, really, you only get a point. Uh, get you get an opportunity to play on average six cards, maybe a little bit more if in some of the later rounds you play multiple low cost cards. Um, and then there are other cards which generate um, other cards as well, additional cards on top of whatever it is you played. Um, so really, the game lasts six rounds. Um, at the end of the round, if you feel, if you felt confident that that you could win, you you snap and you double up your your bid. The opponent could do the same, and at the end of six rounds, whoever wins potentially gains eight points towards their leveling up, or lose eight points on their leveling up bar. And um, when you say opponent, like um, this is actually online. Yeah, it's online against other people. So if you're uh, like, you know, got a flight across, you know, continents, this is maybe not the thing to go with. Oh, there if, are bots. There are heaps uh, yeah. of bots. Um, I think my understanding are... is, for a very long time, you're playing against bots in this game more than you would expect. Um, I think that's right. There's, there are a lot of bots, and you know they do a decent job. But but you can tell when they're a bot because 
their optimal plays that they don't do, and they're obviously losing, um, uh, and they can, can they they proceed to snap. And I'm like, why'd you do that? I don't mind. You know, that's not the, that's not the smartest thing to do. Um, uh, so, you- see, adrenaline drip. Endorphin drip. Like if you're losing a few times, it's just gonna like drop some bots. We're gonna lose to yeah. you in there. And when you play your cards, you play them onto three locations on the physical board. And what you need to do is have a number um, greater than your opponent. So you've got three locations. You need to win at least. You need to win two, at least two of those locations. The way you win is every time you play a card, your card has a power score that just adds to the total of your of the power score in that location. So if I play a one-cost card that has a power of one, and I place it in location one, um, that location currently has a score of one point. If I play three or four different cards in location two, which add up to, you know, Maybe ten points, and the en- and your opponent plays any number of cards, and they uh, their total point score is anywhere between like you know whatever, maybe more or less than ten. That will determine who wins that location. There's three locations. Each of lo- these each of those locations, and then on top of that, have specific modifiers that change um, the way you play. They've got certain rules that affect that particular location or affect the entire. Uh, impact the entire game um, and then you sort of go back and forth and you play a card and the opponent plays a card and at the end of six rounds whoever wins two locations or more wins that round it's 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 that simple I mean it, if I've done a poor and job apparently it's super fun it's it's really easy to get into and then it's very easy especially if you're familiar with these type of card games it's very easy to start seeing okay I've got this card which combos with that card which combos with a third card and I want to start building my deck that How many of, how many sorry how many like how many cards are actually in a deck like do we send uh, us like a bajillion marvel characters so uh 15 cards I want to say it's it's a or is it twenty cards? It's a very small deck. Yeah, so that's um, a hand. That's not a deck. I no, the entire deck. Yeah. The entire deck is 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 fi- like fifteen or twenty cards. I don't know. I don't have the exact number with me right now, just because it's I haven't opened it in a, in a few days. But the deck itself is a very small. You draw um, a card at the end of every turn, and in your hand, you usually have anywhere between three to four cards in your hand ready to play. But your entire deck is 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 a very small. Number. Is could be a hand if you're playing, you know, or something. Well, it's there's a very good chance that a high proportion of those cards will come through your hand as mm-hmm. you play through. Yeah. So I, I, you have a there is a higher sort of predictability about what you might get, and therefore that's why I said you know like once you start noticing combos you start planning around those combos because you're like the chances of those combos happening and the chances of those cards coming into your hand is relatively high so you have some level of predictability some level of of um, consistency with how the there's a strategy basically you can kind of yeah but it's also and that's that's and that's kind of where I think a lot of that um That's why it's so popular. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. No, twelve cards. You only have twelve cards yeah, in so your deck. Yeah, so pretty small. 
It's a very, very small deck. And very small deck. All it's a very old. small deck. And throughout the game, it's a very high chance you'll pull most of those cards, if not you know, at least half of those cards. So because there's a level of predictability, because there's a level of... of um, um, and the turns are very um, tight and short and quick and predictable. The turns are predictable. Your card draw is predictable. You're able to actually have a strategy and enact that strategy, but there's a, there's enough randomness and luck to, you know, just just add a little bit of unpredictability in there. A little there. bit of a blue shell in there. Yeah, that's right. But all I've been trying to say for the last couple of minutes is it's a few cards of like many, many, many potential thousands, but you know what? Steve, can you catch them all? Uh, I, I'm i going to presume you're not talking about my Frost Axe and you're indeed talking about um, Pokemon. I mean, it's only like uh, one Frost I can, Axe. So. I can, <laughs> I can uh, try to catch most of them, certainly. Or at least I could if... Uh, I could How get some is- extra frames um, out of <laughs> the very shoddy performance of uh, Pokemon Scarlet, which I am currently making my way through. Uh, real mixed feelings on this one um, so far. I have seen it's- some janky looking footage. It is really, really good in that it finally hits that ideal of open world Pokemon you've always wanted where they're just running around the overworld and you can just run up to them and you can kind of go anywhere and all those other things but it's got like really strong like I guess 360 PS3 gen era open world syndrome where it feels really dead outside of running around and catching Pokemon so you know mixed bag and all that alongside the very well noted performance issues which Quite frankly, for a console that was running Breath of the Wild five years ago, yeah, I would deem unacceptable. I think Digital um, Foundry I, did like back to back of those. Is like oh, this game looks notably worse. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I mean, I I blame Nintendo ultimately because I think they just put the Pokemon company way too under the pump to just get stuff out to hit. This you know, is the second big schedules. Pokemon release this year. Arceus yeah, came um, out this year. What the hell? Yeah, and and again, like. It's unsurprising. It really feels like they need to probably pivot to one of those, like, every two years schedules. Um, but, of course, this thing sold, what, 10 million copies in three days, so why would they ever do that? Um, if they keep them in is- this janky, it probably will catch up with them, but they can definitely get away with it once or twice before it becomes an issue, sadly. No, Pokemon fans are suckers, Tim. They'll buy whatever is shoveled their way. Uh, they don't care. Um, so, it, I mean, it's good and it's also bad and it feels like it probably needed a bit more development time and I'm sure it'll eventually get to a point where it's semi-okay because why would they fix this one when they already have your money? They'll just do it for the next one to get you to buy that one. Gotta catch them all, people. That was very concise. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this one I can is... talk about Ragnarok if you want. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I, I, do have quest- I do have questions because, yeah. you know, like... Pokemon Sword and Shield came out, was it last year? Um, no, that's probably two years ago Has now. Has it been two uh, years already? There have been I think so it would be many. for that one. Um, and that um, was... That's something I would need to check up, but I, I feel like those are, um, yeah, probably a little bit older. Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yeah, um, I think they were a couple of years ago. Uh, 2019, 2019 oh, okay. those released. So, uh, 
three years old. Yeah, because by all accounts, those were fairly well regarded and fairly well received. They were, but they were very much the older style of game, very linear. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you so had a set route, whereas the the interesting thing about this one is you can go about it in any order, but there is zero level scaling, so you will just go to areas where you will get wiped out, which yeah. I guess for some poker fans is exactly the kind of thing they want. So there is sort of a set path in a way, but you, you're not hamstrung into following it to the letter. You can go to the gyms in any real order that you want to. Man, that could yeah, confuse yeah. some, like, kids, though, who are just like, I went here, why can't I win? As, as a parent of an actual child... I maintain that Pokemon games maybe used to be for kids, but now they're just for grown-ups who have fond memories of playing them as kids because there's so much fucking writing in these games and none of it is voiced at all. Um, So when you've got a kid who is learning how to read, trying to play these things, um, Pokemon Let's Go is where you want because, again, Mm -hmm. he's just... Most kids aren't at the level. So if you're talking about closer to 10, yeah, but... You know, people always think, oh, Pokemon would be great for... No, it's not. It's shit. Yeah. Do you want to sit no. there and read all the text to them? Yeah. I, I guess the, the point I was trying to get to was, was you know, Sword and Shield was, was made very much in sort of that classic old school... Um, yeah, it was following that 3DS lineage, basically. Yeah, it was like the and, next step from that. You know, and Arceus came in with a bit more of an action... Arceus, Arceus, whatever yeah. it is. Which, I'm yeah. not sure. But that thing looked like a student unity project as well. So I don't know why people are surprised that in some way Scarlet looks like dog shit. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised and- that they both came out in the same year. I thought they would have done like a game of the year. Let's throw some extra shit into Arceus and sell it for full price again, which is something they I very just, much could have gotten away with. I just thought that, you know, like, you know, just based on previous tempos, you've always got the old school Pokemon and then the weird thing that just goes off and it does its own thing and then you come back well, I to think, the old school Pokemon again. So I, I think that like, was supposed to... I think that one was supposed to come out last year and it got bumped because it came out in very like very early this year. It was mm, January, January at least. Yeah. So I imagine that was supposed to be a 2021 release and you have to imagine how bad was it that they let it slip that holiday window in 2021 and bumped it to 2022. Yeah. And, and I was just thinking like this one, Scarlet and Violet, was it Scarlet and Violet? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yep. I've got Scarlet. I think the other one's Violet. And I thought that I, I was I was under the assumption that this one would, again, just hew back a closer to the old school um, Pokemon. Um, but with the open world. No. And I think people have talked about how you know quite generic the uh, your, your characters are. The world just looks like just repeated textures at infinitum, like it. Yeah, um, and that's what I mean. Like it's it's it very much feels like they were on a very tight deadline, and I presume they were disciplined over Pokemon Legends Arceus having to, you know, bump to twenty twenty two, miss that crucial Christmas window, and so what they then had to do was gun for this thing to hit its November date, regardless of. Yeah, regardless of anything. Yeah. Half the shops in it are fucking menu screens. Like, literally, you walk into a shop, it just gives you a menu screen. Can you like, imagine it, if the Pokemon company just put their foot down and said no? Well, they like, can't. They're owned by Nintendo. Like, I, I presume they yeah. trade as a separate entity, but realistically, that's who they answer to. It's like... Yeah. So... But they're I, so responsible. I, like, that, those games sell so much. I feel like they would have some again, clout. That's, that's, 
but that's the problem, Tim. Like, they sell so much, Regardless. but they sell so much no matter how good or bad they are. And when you've got a game that's being poorly received but still breaks multiple sales records, why would you do anything different? If people put their foot down and said, this is absolutely unacceptable, we're not buying the game, we're all re- refunding it and getting our money back, maybe they would say, oh, maybe we shouldn't do this again. But that's not happening, so this is what we're going to keep getting. People are voting with their we'll wallets. See, yeah, we'll see how the next one goes, because I always felt that... I think attention. it is that Assassin's Creed situation, where this hopefully lays the groundwork that they needed to get done to really buff out all of these, you know hideous hideous scratches uh all over pokemon scarlet and violet and deliver something that's vastly improved in the next iteration so it does sound like and the I, core thing under there is very cool yeah it, it's got it, that's what i mean it's it's simultaneously such an amazing pokemon game to be playing on um a switch console and also just really like bad like it's just not good like and that's fine but and I think some of those elements might be me just being very tired of the Pokemon formula like the formula itself has not really changed up you get your starter Pokemon you go out there um, it's not super fun to navigate the open world yes you can get around quickly but I don't know I think I'm just a little bit over open world games in a sense oh, as I mean, well so not great timing for time. Pokemon oh, yeah. except it's, it's so, like um, the fastest selling ever so maybe it is um, yeah um, I'll, I'm, you know, I'm still plugging away at it. I've got a few gyms to go, um, and it, you know, it's, it's a Pokemon game. You know if you want it or not. Mm. You pressing a bit? I'd say if you're curious about your first one, maybe hold back on this one a little bit. Um, anyway, I, I, I still maintain that outside of the original games, then maybe Black and White and Sun and Moon would be the best jumping in points for people who have not played a Pokemon game before and would like to. Sword and Shield, maybe. Helps if they're but, on the Switch. I don't think recommending 3DS yeah. stuff is useful. Maybe. So, I guess you're probably going um, Sword and Shield then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so while other people are like apparently spending like $90 on broken DS games, I went and spent 6 or $7 for my travel companion and bought a game that I've been looking at on Steam for ages and never got around to playing. Um, a little kind of third-person action-adventure thing called Omno which I'm going to expect most people are probably not aware of because I just saw it and thought it looked pretty once and then kind of had it on my same wish list for a long time. And then it just showed up really cheap when I was like scrolling super deep down the like um, Switch, I guess they were calling it a Black Friday sale. And I mean this in the most affectionate way possible where I fe- it feels like they've... or somebody has found this kind of late-gen unreleased Nintendo 64 game and just kind of, like, polish it up to, like, more modern standards and put it out there on the Switch. Or, I guess, on Steam. Um, I say because, like, the... I guess the textures, like, have a certain flat shadiness about them. I don't know if that's because I'm playing on Switch or if it would look better on PC, but it's actually a very attractive... kind of... almost pastelish, but quite sharp, um... kind of afterlife fantasy world. Like, it falls into that kind of inspired by, but not exactly, like, journey... Um, genre, which a lot of games starring foxes also seem to do. And you basically play as this kind of guy with his, like, moon-like head. He's kind of like a less ver- creepy version of Emil from Nier. Um, wandering around to set open spaces, kind of activating gates. There's normally 
three things that you have. To- there are six that you can and three that you can get. Um, it's completely non-violent in the sense that you kind of like just get. I could have designed it to be better, like just white life essence for a bu- from a bunch of stuff, which will then kind of go to gates and allow you to activate them and um, result in some environmental puzzles, which kind of like needs the next section, and it kind of works itself into this rhythm, for better and worse, of very quick, linear, action-ish sequence, open area, collect-a-thon, quick segue again, another open area, collect-a-thon, kind of repeat, add to... Infinitum? Yeah, or end credits, which take about six hours to get to it, I guess. Okay, I mean, so if it's only six hours of that, that's probably fine. Some games just want you to do that for it knows it, it knows exactly how long it should be. Like, to its absolute infinite credit, it is exactly the right length. Like, just to the point where you're like, I think I'm done, and the credits roll, you're like, oh, that's good. It's like, I feel like I'm towards the end, and I feel like I'm ready to be at the end, and then, like, you're done, and it's there. Good, but like, I think this is, like, one of those kind of small team indies that was, based on the credits at least, like, a very successful Kickstarter yeah. Really quite gorgeous. It, it's not as emotional as it wants to be. It's trying to be too clever. Like, there are, like, pockets of writing, which is, allude to story, but just kind of, kind of come across as this guy's, like, if I just write some some random, smartish-sounding sentences and it's going to make the game seem meaningful, but, like, that doesn't really come together. But the world is, like, really nice to tra- traverse. Its biggest issue is actually, and this is something it took me the first hour and a half to adjust to, is the controls are just not responsive enough. Like, there's just, like, that just enough of that palpable delay between, like, pressing jump and actually jumping. So it's like, it's not like, it's not like floaty kind of jumping or anything, it's just literally like a, like a delayed input? If it's float, it's more of a delayed input. I'm trying to think of, Mm. it could be floaty, but it feels appropriate for the world in a sense. Like, the movement doesn't feel wrong, it just feels delayed. Um, which it turns out you do actually adjust to, but man, there are, there are definitely games that are more responsive and you would have, you have to play the game on its terms there. And because, again, I described as like a kind of like this kind of dug up 64 relic, it's not like it has a lot of the modern designs where it's very clear all the time exactly where you can and can't jump. Or can I feel and like can't that style go. Is coming into vogue now, so it's not surprising to hear like we are getting those throwbacks of it's no longer the 16 bit era, it's the indie, I guess, the, you know, nostalgia sort Going of stuff to is like moving to PS1, PS2, one PS2 stuff. 64. Um, I think the game's a couple of years old, but oh man, it is actually it is actually very pretty, even on the Switch. Kind of blurry on the TV when I fi- finally got to play it there. I felt like it was maybe a little more responsive on the TV. It could it's possible that it um, plays better in that regard. Um, if you're like playing the Steam version or something. But, I mean, you know, seven bucks doesn't outstay its welcome. Yeah, I mean, I, it's probably not seven bucks anymore, but I would be willing oh. to bet that come come Boxing Day, it will probably be seven bucks again. I mean, the eShop is uh, pretty notorious for sales. There were, like, literally 2,000 games on sale at one point. 2,000. Trying to filter that Nintendo, stuff. Nintendo are not very good at uh, keeping the bar high on that store, though. So. No, like... this, And this is one of those games that I feel like kind of like... It's not quite like the A tier, this is one of the indies you must play, but it is absolutely one that is worth playing if it looks interesting to you. And it feels like it is just... just gotten lost among the weird like hentai animal puzzle games that, that that's something like I noticed as really high up in the eShop a few days ago 
Anyway, I'm not. It's on, uh, it's on Switch. It's also on Steam. I would just, actually recommend at least looking at a trailer. Sorry, Steve. I was going to say that, that, that I'm sure that hentai game just speaks to the user base of the Switch more than anything. <laughs> I feel like you have a if you have a Switch, you have a phone, and that's going to serve you way better for the thing that you're looking for there, um, and probably for free. Yeah, I, I think there's just probably okay. predilection. Oh um, no, it is it predilection is, towards those things. <laughs> it is not hentai. It is a less good journey, but that's no insult because journey is fucking amazing. Kind of crossed with a 64 era 3D platformer. It's very pretty, and you know it's it's a, it's pretty good. I would I would look at a video and see what you think, especially if you see it on on sale on the Switch. It actually worked pretty well there. I just wish the controls were more re- responsive. And um, yeah, with that, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, what the hell happened this year, man? Time is inching forward ever slowly, creeping towards somehow the end of 2022, which is a real year that is actually really going to end somehow. Um, We are now, like, in sci-fi anime dates from my childhood. And, you know what? As opposed to letting it become a conclusion, I'm just going to say it feels like it has been, again, a pretty strange, wobbly year for games. Starting with the fact that, you know, we are, like, now, as of two or three weeks ago, two years into a console generation and it still feels like it hasn't really started for a couple of reasons. One, nobody can get these, just walk into a shop and get these consoles. They're more gettable, I believe, than they used to be. Um, but still not perfectly so. And perhaps as a result of that, a lot, a lot, most of the software bar, a select handful of consoles is still, like, kind of, you know, um, cross-gen and Unreal, the new Unreal Engine is, you know, not actually being utilized yet. And the PS5 went up in price! I I, I just want to, like, throw that one out there, how wild that is. Like, the whole idea, like, I know my parents in particular tell me, just wait, we'll get you the new console when it goes down in price, you just have to wait a year. It went fucking up. I mean, yeah, it's a huge bummer. And there's not much people can do about it. Prices across the board have gone up. I don't know why anyone's surprised that something like a console that already cost $800 is now 850 Yeah, Yeah, I think Sony and Microsoft are probably like just kind of kicking themselves a little bit that they didn't set the price a bit higher when they actually came out. Well, then I'm sure people would scalp them for much more than they were already scalping them for above recommended retail price. <laughs> I mean, that has to be partly but, what they're looking at. 
I think I think you're right. It it just feels like another kind of weird holdover year for um, the big consoles again. I I wonder if that's as much to do with the fact that outside of a few specific hardware upgrades, it doesn't feel like that much of a leap uh, between them. We do seem to be getting somewhat diminishing returns in some respects. Well, this time last um, year we had the um that Matrix demo, which was a legitimate war moment. Like I wasn't aware right away that I was watching game footage as opposed to, like, archive footage of the movie. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's, you know, it's fine. It can simulate a, a probably pretty boring open world to cruise around, which, you know, developers, I can imagine, would salivate over to a degree, but then they still have to go in and hand, sort of, do everything to make that an engaging place to stay for longer than a 15-minute demo. And I think that's another thing, like, game production is just... It just costs more and takes longer and more people to deliver the experiences that people expect. And that's probably evident from Pokemon Violet and Scarlet. Like, not enough time, not enough money, not enough resources sunk into getting the that those two games to where they needed to be. Um, compared to something like, you know, literally the Nintendo Switch is getting on to six years old now. And games it launched with look and run better than games that are releasing on it now but as i feel we've discussed pretty thoroughly like pokemon is you're right a special case <laughs> i'm forgetting mm. your, like i mean they still sell two fucking versions of the same game like it the, the shit that's that franchise gets away with and um, does microsoft have anything exciting this year no but like, this I is this is I where it's box i i don't know if i've played it this is one of the things where year. we've had some like just wild news stories this year and like the, the whole you know microsoft buying out um Activision. Activision, yeah. has just been such a weird... War- I know, those leaked, I guess leaked, like, lawyer's letters where they're literally arguing that, oh, but Sony has all these big blockbuster games and poor little Microsoft doesn't have anything good. It's just super weird to see, like... One, it's just kind of weird to, like, see Microsoft in these things saying, yeah, we don't have good, we don't have good enough games at the moment, although I think it is going to come. But also, like, that kind of bad where, like, Microsoft is kind of, like, pegging itself as kind of like this small also ran which i guess technically xbox is in a distinct third place but also it's fucking microsoft yeah but i I guess that's the beauty of them trying to keep those divisions somewhat separate is that they can cry poor um and we don't know what sort of numbers they're running behind the scenes for game pass if they're hemorrhaging money or not which like it honestly wouldn't surprise me uh, they, they seem is there very any happy streaming with service Pass? that's making yeah but you know Netflix probably seem happy with all oh, lots of people watching our shows but that doesn't mean they're making any money at all and I, I know you look at all of these bigger companies that are shuffling things around to you know make it look like they're losing more money than they are or other things for tax purposes as well so who really knows? We're not going to get a straight answer out of any of them as to how well no. Game Pass is actually doing for them, or at least in the long term, whether that's cheapening the brand somewhat. Like, ooh, why would I buy a Microsoft game? It'll just come to oh, Game Pass. I think eventually. we've had some pretty decent information about, like, some Game Pass stuff still sells better than you would expect. I think Forza um, Horizon, like, actually sold really well. And I, I do think Microsoft is willing to hemorrhage a bit of money if that is indeed what's happening on Game Pass. I just for the just to... a special case because those games always get delisted and retired because of their soundtracks. So I think Forza is generally... Even the older games have held their value really well because they all get pulled off eventually. Yeah, I don't think millions of people are aware that that happens, though. 
I'm sure Forza fans are, when that stuff disappears from the store and they say, you will no longer be able to buy anything related to Forza 3 after this date. It's I all don't pulled think down. the average person buying a Forza game is aware that that has happened. I think the active, 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 active fans, <laughs> yeah, but I think the average person who's buying it is probably not aware that that shit happens. It could just be those once-a-year game purchases. I buy an Xbox to play Forza and Call of Duty, which there's a lot of those people out there. Yeah, and like that Sony just arguing, I guess with some credibility, though, like losing Call of Duty would be this damaging. Well, don't the figures show that PlayStation's literally its largest user base for Call of Duty? So mm. it's kind of Microsoft what hoping that all of those people jump ship to another console to play one game. No, but if there was one game that would have that kind of effect, I think. I mean, I was just, I, like this. This whole story's been like super weird, and like, like Microsoft like saying that they're like willing to like guarantee like ten years of Call of Duty on PlayStation. Um, I, I still think this deal's going to go through. I think there are going to be some concessions that are probably made somewhere in there. But that's just like one of those weird things. It's just. A weird thing in a weird year. Again, up there with the PS5 going up in price, and I think even Microsoft has hinted that maybe it's going to happen to the Xbox next year as well. And then we're still waiting on... When is the bloody follow-up to the Switch coming out? Because that thing is getting very long in the tooth. Spring 2024. <laughs> hmm. You think they're going to squeeze another year out of it? Oh, yeah. There's, there's no reason why they wouldn't. Like, it's still selling, like, friggin' bananas. God damn it, Nintendo. I I don't know. My my gut feeling is that they do the sneaky thing they've done with nearly every fucking Zelda game for the past couple of generations. They say, Breath of the Wild 2 plus, hey, there's a new Switch console. You should probably buy Breath of the Wild 2 on the new Switch console. Yeah, but in both of the times I did that last time, they were coming off a console of rel- relatively limited success. Um, they're going to sell a shitload of true. copies of Breath of the Wild. I mean, just looking at, like, actual games that came out this year, again, like, you have, like, kind of commented that, you know, everything is still kind of, like, in this cross-gen... I mean, there's been games. Feels, I mean, uh, feels like Malaysia... I mean, it feels like there's a lot of really, really good stuff that has come out, but we're just lacking that kind of big bang that when something like the first, I don't know, from Gears of War or, like, Soul Calibur, like, comes out for the first time, like, that is just still yet to happen. Yeah, that's I mean, that's that's actually the the thing for like 2022 that marks it for me is that I don't think there has been a game that has sort of captured the conversation just across the board. I think Elden Ring kind of did, but it, Elden not, Ring not for that, that reason. Uh, Elden no, it, Ring it, did it, have it, that, and 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 by all accounts for good reason I haven't played Elden Ring myself yet but yeah that did take up a good like week and a half on Twitter everybody was crazy about Elden Ring it's a great distillation of elements of all of those from games with an open world that works surprisingly well considering how you would think that would work in that style of game but it was just Um, like but it's, it's not bringing anybody new in to yeah. for you know I'm, people who don't like the Souls games are not going to suddenly like it because there's more areas they can run around I, and I think it did a lot to mitigate the difficulty level that people mm. have like it's well you can go putter around somewhere else until you get a bit better not just keep bashing your head into this wall until you give up or the wall breaks 
Yeah. Um, which sure, I'm sure there's a proportion of the audience who that was the one barrier to them and they got over and they love Elden Ring. But yeah, I don't think it's, I don't know. I don't yeah, think it's it just that is, I just remember, I just recall like from previous years where, you know, you've had the, 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 the Harvest Moon moment when everybody was all mm. about Harvest Moon. And I think you mean Saudi Valley, but yeah. Um, but this year, that there, actually, this year has we've had quite a few like large releases. This year, um, we've got. It's just you know, so hard to recall them. Dying Light, it, it which had been got off to a, for okay, a long well, time. Yeah, it got we've off to had, a roaring start and then kind of stuttered. Quick, um, I I think what about I Ghostwire Tokyo guys, come on! We, yeah, I no, reviewed I'm that saying. game. That was <laughs> like the most forgettable game that should not be forgettable. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Yeah, I, that's why it was nineteen bucks the other day at JB Hi-Fi. Yeah, and then um, Xenoblade <laughs> Chronicles Three. Yeah, was, yeah, XBC Three. Baby. No, the Switch um, has had a banger of a year just quietly. But again, like Steve said, it's like it's long in the tooth. So like, it's harder to like see that as an exciting. Well, standout. and again, like how many how many of these are sequels or spiritual sequels? It's yeah. just game X two slash three slash whatever or. Hey, this we I don't would, have the IP rights to that, so we're just going to make a game that's kind of like it. Um, I would give Elden Ring it. the benefit of the doubt as still being a new thing. Um. Oh no, I think it's just the next step in the trajectory of that everything. Yeah, but we're talking a genre here. We're not talking like a friend. Well, I guess. Well, I get. I mean, um, a, a notable name that jumps out at me for 2022 is um, Seafood. Um. Yeah, that came out very, very. I think Sean got the review of that. Yeah, yeah, he, he had a great time with that. And but again, it's like I, I, it came and it went, and I haven't really heard people. Talk yeah, that's about that's it that's since. kind like, of that, that's kind of my point. Like things come, like Splatoon three came out this year. That sort of like Splat. If you are talking to Japanese kids, <laughs> oh yeah, all right. Uh, um, that game fucking matters. Um, was it Vampire Survivors? Which I haven't oh, yeah. played, but is like kind of big, just kind of over the course of the year, just kind of bubbled up to the surface everywhere. Yeah, so Vampire Survivors it did, did sort of like low key still keeps that sort of um just interesting that sort of like Among Us kind of place where you know everyone sort of globbed onto it. And- it's like that five to ten dollar game that kind of just caught fire. Yeah, yeah, it's got enough. It's 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 got. A interesting spin to it. It's it's presenting something new. Bring it will run on literally anything. Will run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just yeah, looked I mean, it up. It will run on a Pentium Four. <laughs> those are all those key points to those viral games, aren't they? Though, like you know, it's cheap slash free. Um, it's got you know moments that play well to a, a, a streaming crowd, and it runs on. Yeah, like a potato, so that any kid with a phone or whatever can, you know... That's that laptop from 10 years ago, yeah. 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 Um, I'm sure I commented on this when Which it happened. Which is what most of them bring to school. <laughs> I'm sure I commented on this when it happened, um, as did a lot of people, but I still find it hilarious that it happened to Horizon again. Like, I remember that <laughs> game, like, coming out, and then Breath of the Wild came out, and Horizon Zero Dawn, really good game, but not as innovative as Breath of the Wild and then that fucking happened again with Elden Ring this year so I'm just trying to uh, I'm just having a look here and seeing if anything really jumps out as stuff that um came out this year 
There was a lot. Have, uh, I mean, the the the. the I mean, like you said, Pokemon Pokemon Legends was January, which I presume was just a le- leftover from 2021 that got bumped. Um, and we've already got another Pokemon game following on from that. So Dying Light Two as well, which uh, I have played, but again, it feels like a game that has had a lot of post-release support to. Uh, streamline and smooth some things and add in some other things uh, like recently we had cult of the lamb it's kind of cool to see oh yeah cult of oh the yeah lamb. that i mean that blew up that blew up, blew up. for a little while album citizen sleeper was um that's on my one to play list um that's on my that's on my to playlist and, and and by all accounts is a really really good really really good um, tunic hit really hard with the right crowd I think Husa would g- tell you to go nuts over Weird West, um, or is did, it did or unpacking about Dylan? Evil West? Weird West. Did unpacking. Ooh, oh, Weird West. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that just came out recently. I was going to say it's unpacking yeah. this year. Yeah, it is. It's, I'm pretty sure, technically, at least for awards consideration, because yeah, it's because still winning they, awards. Yeah, they just picked up. They just recently picked up another indie indie award. Neon White. Christ, Kirby. Neon White fucking came out this year. That new Kirby game um, was good and came out this year. The Switch, honestly, had a crazy. I should probably just Google like stuff that came out, like the top. 10 well, lots Switch of games lots of year. ports as well, though. Like it, it got um, mm. Disco Elysium and Thirteen Sentinels, and like lots of ports finally hit the Switch. Yeah, yeah. Well, it just felt like the Switch consistently over the course of the year always had something worth playing on it, though. Um, even like li- is Live Alive does that count as a new game because it never really got released in English before and it was like a properly redone uh, never officially got released in English before um, I mean you could uh, but again uh, Square what is going on with Square these days the, 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 what's where is their marketing department are they just have been on holidays for months now because they keep dropping games and I don't hear diddly squat about them mm. that's been very weird like they've had consistent releases coming out and none of them are moving the needle at all. Hmm. Yeah. It, hmm. I thought, I, we had um obviously like Last of Us Part oh, One, which uh, it did some. I I think the biggest jump in that for me was just the animations. Like I feel like some of those scenes that I presumed would not hit anymore because I've seen them numerous times. Um still worked really well and I think it's down to just that level of fidelity it's not necessarily the texturing or the lighting or anything else as much as it's just those animations are so much more refined also like so kudos to yeah kudos to Naughty Dog and the performers for uh, pulling me into that game again for you know the end time that I finished it Roller Drone came out this year was apparently excellent and nobody played it um, um, Stray came out. Everybody went nuts about it, and then we forgot about it almost. Um, Saints Row came out this year. Yeah, and I, I think Matt and, was pretty positive on that one. And it, I've I actually completely forgot. I thought I completely forgot that it existed. Saints Row, that a new yeah, Saints that's Row, not like, great. A, like a completely revamped, reimagined, redone up Saints Row from scratch. Nothing to do with the previous games, like. I've forgotten that. That's existed. something we should be remembering. It's not a great state that that's. <laughs> it's just. I think this ultimately. That's why I said like this year has been 
so odd because like things come out and by all accounts there's actually a lot of great games like, like fucking monkey stuff. island apparently knocked it out of the park yeah but they come and then they go and there's just like the the conversation the dialogue and the excitement around all these games is just so muted this year like it it comes it goes oh that was a thing and is that just <laughs> It, I, I is don't that know. The if, press is that cycle just us getting just old? So and many sick. games coming out no. that you know. You, I, I, I don't because I'm not even trying to keep. I'm not even trying to keep up, and there's still too many games. No, I don't try to keep up, but uh, but I do. I spend more time sort of like listening and and living vicariously through other people's experiences than actually playing games mm. myself because I I just play the same like three games over and over again. So I tend to, <laughs> I tend to sort of feed off other people's excitement about things that they they really really love. It's just this year like as 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 somebody myself who does that like I live vicariously through other people's experiences. It's just like I just haven't had heard a lot of that chatter, a lot of that excitement, a lot of that like, oh, I'm doing this and now oh, I'm doing this too, and everybody let's let's jump in together. Like, it's just uh, it, it feels like a lot of the excitement, a lot of the com- like I said, is very muted and different from from previous years. Like, um. We didn't have a harvest, like I said, we didn't have a harvest moon moment. Like Battlefield came out. Was Battlefield this year? I think it was last year, and then it was just available from five dollars this year, probably. Like when was it? Yeah, it's technically yeah, it's November twenty twenty one, and that sort of like fizzled and died fairly quickly. Um, we talk about Oli Oli World. That was apparently excellent. Oh, that Plague Tale, like the new Plague Tale yep. game, which is I'm still supposed to be playing amazing. It's much like the first good. one. I'd, yeah. I like the first one. It is a case of actually, I like the first one better. The second one goes a bit too action heavy. Mario and Rabbids, Sparks of Hope. Bayonetta 3 finally actually came out, and holy shit, mm. did we get some drama with that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was Gotham just. Gotham Knights no. came and went. Well, that's a game that should have come and gone, perhaps. Um. <laughs> But the thing, like, the thing is, we've spoken about a lot of games that are, like, legitimate, like, probably, like, 9 out of 10 considerations, and... Yeah. Like, this is all good stuff. Like, we had so much good stuff. Um, I remember for a, for a brief moment, people were really crazy about Dorfro... Dorfromantic? Dorfromantic, yeah. Dorfromantic, yeah. that just popped up for a little while. Um, um, people were really excited around, um the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game? Yeah. Oh, the, Shredder's, the Shredder's retro Revenge? one? No, well, yeah. The, I think I played a bit of that, and it was pretty cool. And it was, by all, all, again, by all accounts, really, really solid. Apparently Pentiment's, I mean, like, really, really good, and that is the sort of thing that we can be grateful for Game Pass, because I don't think it would exist otherwise. And, I mean, this this week we've had Callisto Protocol, um, and better or worse, and Marvel's Midnight Suns, which Matt has absolutely but, over the moon for. Yeah. And the first decent-looking Need for Speed. I still don't think I'll play it, but the first decent-looking Need for oh, Speed I, in a while as well. I'm actually, I'm actually really keen for that Need for Speed. That looks fantastic. I just want the story. I just want the story to be nothing but somebody chatting to you over a radio while I'm driving around. Yeah. I mean, in a week or so, we've got the, the Crisis Core remake. Hmm. And the, finally, The Witcher 3 is going to be on current-gen consoles. Yeah, that, there's a free next-gen upgrade. Uh, I'm calling it next-gen up, update happening. I reckon, 
I reckon they would have charged money for that if Cyberpunk hadn't shit the bed. <laughs> hmm. I would have been surprised to see it as like a $10 upgrade, but they're like, oh, we probably shouldn't. Yeah. Could be a goodwill. But yeah, just like, like you said, like, it's not that there haven't been games. I just guess that maybe the way we consume games is not in step with how other people are consuming games. And in the little bubble that we're in, things seem to just have come and gone really quickly this Fuck, year. Fuck, the quarry came out. Like, it is... I think it's just there's so much stuff. None of it has become the absolute zeitgeist, but also we just all have less free time than we did 20 years ago. Very possible. I mean, I mean to be fair, I guess a lot of the people I, I follow um, and, and, and sort of um, on Twitter and, and other social media increasingly are in closer to the uh, upper you know, 30s, 40s age gap rather than the um, uh, age bracket, sorry, age bracket rather than the uh, mid-20s, early 30s. I mean, if you have, you know, a significant other plus potentially children, like, that just eats into, like, so much of what you could be doing. Yeah. Tactics Ogre? Tactics Ogre? I mean, I just loaded that back up on my PSP, to be quite honest. I was not buying that again on the Switch. Well, I thought I, I hear um, it's it doesn't look that much better. They couldn't. Hey, if you still have a working PSP, good for files. you, man. All the more power to you. I got a I got a I got a PSP three thousand and a PSP Go that still runs. So yeah, I was actually going to say like I'd probably I that that's probably I'm probably the target market for because I don't actually have any of those old um, consoles. Well, you wouldn't, Ken. You would have thrown them in a fireplace the minute they were yeah the moment <laughs> they were used by yeah because they're pointless and useless. <laughs> Um, yeah, I feel like this is, I don't know, like the most boring best year in games. Like, I if mean, you really, yeah. like, line up, like, the top 20 games released in any given year, I feel like 2022 is probably going to be, like, near the top of standout years while also being the least exciting. Well, let's let's do a quick um, test. What is the best original IP game to come out this year that couldn't technically be classed as a spiritual sequel in some way to the developer's previous work. Go. Elden Ring. I know you're going to say it's a spiritual theme source, but I... Genre's different to... It's it's literally still a, a stamina-based combat game. Yeah, but Souls-like is a genre now. There's just, like... less, there's just less walls. <laughs> but Souls-like is a genre. That... And again, and even that—that's what I mean. Like, even that's like questionable. Like, you're like, well, you know, you're going for technically correct on that one. Is there? Can we think of anything else? That's I'm not so sure how many absolutely... of those we actually get. Like, even I guess 2007 gave us Portal, but for a lot of people, it still would have been. So maybe it's an industry yeah. well, issue then, if that's the sort of stuff that we're getting. Yeah, I know that, and and this is this is on my my play on my you know the playlist. Hard Space Shipbreaker. Um, but it's, right. technically, technically this year because it's it came out of early access in September. I probably should have made a like a list, but again, like I stuff that I haven't played, like Neon White, is apparently like just super great. Was um, Death Loop this year? No, that was no, last it was year. this year for Xbox. But oh. one of the interesting things is I found I don't know if they'd surreptitiously updated a lot of stuff. I intimated this in my review, but. I found that game so much better to play this year than when I played it last year. Mm. Like, Matt 
really enjoyed it on the PlayStation. And I played it and it was like the hardest I dropped off an arcane title since that weird Wolfenstein they got made to do a bunch on that was really weird. Um, but yeah, but going back to it, I don't, I think, I don't know if they've just rebalanced a bunch of stuff or just tweaked a few things, but it felt so much better. Hmm. Or it could just be your headspace. Honestly, like how much you enjoy a game can just be affected by the seasons or where you're at personally. Like it's, well, you would say that, but I, I was sort of going in like, cause I had to sort of do the, like the coverage of the Xbox version of it. Um, and I was sort of going in like, oh, great, here we go. Like, and not amazing arcane game. And I have to start it again from the beginning. This is going to suck. Uh, but it, I don't know, it just worked really well. I, I feel like over the course of many, many updates, they've just put so many little things in there that don't necessarily stand out, but smooth that experience out quite yeah. a lot in terms yeah. of, you should go here. This will, you know, just really taking out some of that stuff that was kind of not enjoyable about playing that game in the first time. So, um, and a lot of like, people liked that game the first time though. Yeah, they, they did. And that's, and that's why I was so disappointed because I love arcane stuff. I've really enjoyed everything they've done up to that point, And that was just one that didn't hit for me, but then going back to it with, I don't know, like I would love to have the time and, you know, bother to sit there and do like a side-by-side comparison of you know ps5 version 1.0 and then what's running on the xbox now to see if i could pinpoint exactly what it is that made me enjoy it so much more yeah but coming back to your question i mean um, what what has been absolutely brand new this year um hearts i was saying hard spaceship breaker cult of the lamb would probably probably count tunic um, Citizen Sleeper, Citizen Sleeper, definitely part of part uh, would fall within that. Uh, I think I already said Neon White, Stray neon White. See, for me, I, I think the most impressive game I played all year was um, Disco Elysium, and that's you know that's a no, Switch that's, port. Like, yeah, that's a Switch. It's port. not a twenty twenty two game. I think. Actually, this is also just the problem with the coming early. Like, you get around to playing a lot of this stuff in December anyway, partly because you get a Christmas present and partly because you get a bit of time off. Um, my favorite games in 2020... My fa- two favorite games I played this year would have been my two favorite games in 2021 had I actually played them in 2021. Mm-hmm. Those being The Artful Escape, which is fucking amazing. I knew nothing about this time last year. And oh, um, The Forgotten Chaos. City, which I went from you should probably play it to no, you really should play The Forgotten City. That game's amazing. Uh, Chaos Gate, Demon Hunters. That was something that I really, really loved this year. This year, right? I'm pretty sure it's this year. Um, I mean, Grand Turismo yeah. 7 apparently knocked it out of the park until the internet stuff got in the way. Mm. Yeah, by, by all Wasn't count- that the weird case of, like, they... they- made it so they got great launch reviews and then did a bunch of dodgy stuff post-launch. Yeah. I think they... Yes. That's correct. I don't know if it was quite that clever. I think it may have just happened that way. <laughs> that yeah, that, just... that sounds too strategic for Sony to have figured out. <laughs> yeah. But, um... Ah, like, again, it's just been a weird, weird... Like, it, there's been so much super good stuff and just... Like Xenoblade Chronicles Three is amazing, but it, yeah, it's it's just more Xenoblade. So, 
I mean, Forspoken got dumb name, but got put pushed into next year. I still think that looks cool, which means heaven help it, because whenever there's a game that looks pretty cool, and I am definitely in the list for the review of that. If I end up reviewing it, it turns out to be so so. I'm looking at you again, Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, <laughs> hmm. I think I'm probably in the minority as well of people thinking that um, the Horizon Forbidden West is not very good. Oh, I think it's great. I just don't think it sticks enough. Let's see what stuff got. We did get a fascinating Sonic game, though. Please, which no. one? Like, I, I don't like. I'm not going to say it's. Please, I haven't no. played it, but like I've seen and I heard. Finished it for the review. It's not good. It's not a good game. I have read a lot of other comments, kind of like in the lines of like it's an absolute mess, but it's super fascinating. Um, yeah, that I'm glad I didn't good. have to. I mean, that's. That's just catching things in terms so you don't have to say it's another shitty Sonic game. And Sonic fans are so desperate. I feel for you, Sonic Steve, fans. Steve, Steve, Steve. These are the not Sonic fans that I'm, like, talking about. Like, this is, like, a lot of games critic Twitter, like, saying this game, game is, like, super weird and fascinating and maybe not great. And, like, a lot of the former Giant Bomb guys are going, I don't understand why, but I want to keep playing this. Um, I don't I'm, understand why they want to keep playing it. You play the first three hours, you've played the whole 15 hours. It's... It, I, I strongly suspect, and I put this in my review, that they finished the game and realized people were going to throw a shit fit at paying 80 bucks for a nine-hour Sonic game, so they hacked it up to artificially stretch the runtime, and it makes it very, very weird. And there's a lot of things that don't really line up in the game that, if you come at it from that perspective, suddenly make a lot more sense. I'm still... Gonna say I will accept it being weird. I've enjoyed the discourse that surrounded that for a couple of weeks. It was more than I was no, expecting. That, but that was that was my that was my point in the review. Like, had Sega had the the te- uh, testicular fortitude to not pull those shenanigans and just be like, it's a seven to eight hour game, deal with it, rather than trying to be like it's a fifteen to twenty five hour game. It would be so much better. Like, it would just be exactly what it needed to be, and it would be great. But also, um, but all Sonic games are, like, hours, eight hours it's long. not. Yeah, but again, I think it's just they... I, I get a suspicion someone was like, if this is only eight hours long, we can only charge $40 for it. And they're like, well, we can't have that. So, get it to a point where we can slap 15 to 25 hours on the box and charge them 80 uh, maybe, but again, it, it's already dropped to like sixty bucks. Like the price on that thing is started yeah, to go down. That also already, so. always happens to Sonic games everywhere, but Japan. So and apparently, mm. it sold like bananas here. Um, another weird story, which is only pertinent because of like real world stuff at the moment, which is EA lost the FIFA license. I mean, the, the interesting thing about that, right, is that you had things like two K Sports and stuff that were doing really well, and then EA did everything in their power to crush any of their competition. Literally so, getting exclusive I with, think, that, with the NFL, yeah. I think EA can go fuck themselves, and we'll see how that goes for them. Well, we say that, but I'd say, if, in the scheme of things, FIFA is a way more corrupt entity than EA, so it's all super... Oh, yeah. I mean, FIFA sucks. Um, <laughs> it's plainly obvious. Look at current events. Um, but outside of that, it's like, you know, maybe EA can have to struggle with having to make up fake names for all of their teams because they can't license any of them. Konami are probably doing a little jig right now about I'll all of that. this. Although the weird thing is, like, the FIFA games are apparently actually good. Um, and, like, number one in, like, all the eShops at the moment because, you know, oh, yeah. soccer I mean, has made people want to buy it. 
outside of all the dodgy Ultimate Team stuff, which has always been super sketch. And look, EA make great NHL games. I've really enjoyed the more recent ones of those I've played um, for various reasons. But yeah, it'll just be interesting to watch them pump out Amazing Soccer 2023 with M. Smith and all these other just dodgy names. I think it's gonna be curious to see how much the word FIFA means when they're probably gonna still be able to keep the graphic design so they'll probably just call it EA Soccer or EA Football depending on the region yeah and if the cover looks similar enough it may not actually hurt them it's gonna be like a fascinating experiment to see how the sales of the next couple of years go compared to their yeah especially if they can line up a pro Evo as well like just both of them facing off as generic soccer game (laughs) By most accounts, I think FIFA's actually better. Like, there was definitely a time, like, at the end of the PS2 era, where, like, Pro Evo was... No one, like, for people in the know, was the the one to get. And then, like, over time, you know, Konami became Konami, basically. And then it wasn't. So, 2022 overall, how, how are we feeling? Uh, I'm pretty flat on it myself. Um, I'm looking like- forward to, like, hoovering up a bunch of these games in sales next year. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, not- just, I just think that 2022 has been just like everybody sort of running at half tank or quarter tank. Yeah, forward. it's weird because I think that's what we thought in 2021. But it's like actually, no, maybe 2022 is the year where everybody's still collecting the kindling, and maybe next year they're going to finally be able to light the bonfire. And it's not just about not just about the games, but also like my, my workplace. Like it's just people just slogging through um i think it it probably just ties into my my general thoughts these days that games are way too long and it's fine if they're shorter um but yeah it could just be that i find it really difficult to carve out 30 or 40 hours Mm. in a short enough period of time to maintain interest and uh ability to play a game the irony is it just maybe the are more good games buying your attention buying for your attention now like 18 year old me would have loved for everything to be 30 hours long I mean I don't think so because I think as the quality has gone up like yes but back in the day like I would play any old garbage because my you know my taste and filter was so much lower and I, I guess we're all probably a little bit more selective these days mm. and there is a lot more out there but and just less time just-, just less time to waste on it <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. It's just, it's less of a priority when, you know, do I really want to sink, you know, 30, 40 plus hours? What am I getting out of this game? I mean, that's why the Switch has been, and why I really do not think we're going to see another Switch for another year and a half or so. Um, I'll say a year and four months. I'll just put that as my stake on the ground right now. Is like it's just in that perfect job between like Nintendo does these great family games, so it's always going to be the console they get for the kids. It's also cheaper to produce, so it's not as much an investment, but also it respects your fucking time. So all of the fucking middle-aged business people Hmm. are going to gravitate towards it for that reason as well. You might be right there, Tim. But yeah, twenty twenty-two. It's just felt kind of numb. I'm just a sad old man who's out of touch. Hey, look, I. Wish I could play my PS5 games in the train, and <laughs> but I can't, so. Not without a Steam Deck. 
that is something that happened this year and we completely overlooked. I think maybe the fact that it just hasn't been huh. available in Australia. Did it really happen? How many people have those? It's uh, apparently like free articles- to order in the US now, like it. How many articles have people written about how to get one in Australia? Because we know Valve don't want you to have yeah. one. Actually, my favorite part of that is that, like, they're giving them away, like, every minute during the Game Awards. In, like, basically every English-speaking region except for Australia. They don't want our money. I, they don't want to, like, have to follow our laws, I think, is actually the main issue. Um, no. Anyway, we are, we are dragging this on quite long. With our podcast is itself, but a ching starting to feel a bit like 2022. Um... So, Ken, we're going to let you go. Thank you very much. Do you have anything coming towards the end of the year that you'd like to give a shout-out to? A uh, Twitter handle that still exists? I mean, I'm on at Pixel Hunt on Twitter. Um, and I don't have anything coming up on the Player 2 website. But I've actually been looking back at my output this year probably more productive than I have been, like, last year. So I've got a whole bunch of... Um, play to play videos, particularly around um, the two Steam Next Fests that happened this year, um, at the start of the year, and sort of the, the one that just happened in October. Um, so I've got a bunch of gameplay videos up on the YouTube channel, so always check that out. Nothing upcoming, but yeah, I've, I've actually done more this year than than I have in previous, than, than definitely more than last year, so that's been good. Yeah... I just started this year by like writing a fake review of Horizon. Then Hughes was like, "Yeah, Sony is um, maybe a bit too strict about this. So we have to wait until we publish the real one before we do that." Like Microsoft might be cool about it though. When I spent the whole year waiting for like a Microsoft big release to happen that I could do it with, and it just never materialized. <laughs> um. Anyway, Steve. Um, yeah, so uh, probably I'm hoping to get uh, the Pokemon review done very shortly. I've got a few other things, um, like you said, that I'll catch up on on the website over the holidays. So I should have a bit of output up there before Christmas and after Christmas. But um, outside of that, um, no, it's, you know, it's I'm wrapping things up at work. I'm about to collapse in a giant heap next week and try to recollect myself. And then I can focus on... Um, Enjoying some games, hopefully. Yeah, and I... Oh, no, I actually did. I finally actually got around to writing something to... Um, I had exams and shit up until yesterday. Um, contribute to our gift guide at the very least. Um, buy stuff that I tell you to buy for other people or not, or, or whatever. Just, or, you know, just fucking play the... Play the Artful Escape. I'm just going to say, 2021 turned out to have some pretty good stuff that I wasn't aware of at the time. 2022, maybe I'll be saying that about this next year... Um, I am somehow still on Twitter at PretendBeard. I've also tried to take that at other places, although it seems that some of the potential would be replacements don't even protect your username, so who knows how that's going. Um, God, I don't want to talk this out, but yeah, I'm just really tired. I think we're all just really tired. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think 2023 is somehow going to like bring energy? Like we're going to feel I, revitalized I at the end so. of January?